0: Land light, radio land light, radio high energy, no filter. oh yeah okay folks we are back here I'm very happy to be joined uh, by John sturgeon hello John how are you
1: just fine thank you're,
0: you you're, you're kind of uh you've become kind of iconic hero status uh among many people in the state especially industry people and conservatives uh, for something that happened to you years ago that's gone all the way to the top court, the Supreme Court.
1: Well, that's what they say, it's a, it certainly is a, a lawsuit that resonated with a lot of Alaskans. It's a, it's a pretty expensive and long process and I was very fortunate to have a lot of support from a lot of people.
0: So let's talk about like where this started. You were on a, was it a hovercraft or a boat?
1: Well, I mean, starting before that, I've been hunting this uh, same area since 1971 on the Yukon River, and uh, it's a pretty shallow river, and in 1990, I bought a little hovercraft, about 10 foot long, pretty small, just, just barely takes two people, because the river is very shallow. And it's a lot of times a jet boat can't get up there, and a hovercraft, of course, can go right over the, the rocks and stuff, but it can't go outside the banks of the river, it just can't, but uh, it can go up the river just fine with a, when it's really shallow. So uh, that's what I was using up there in 1970. And then in, in 2007, um, I was just getting starting my moose hunt, and I was taking my... Uh, Hovercraft up the river and I was maybe a half mile up the river and you've I, done this you've done this
0: hundreds of times yeah
1: many many times and and uh, anyway my steering cable broke and I stopped on a gravel bar and uh, I called uh, my friends that had a boat and they were up there too and we were changing the uh, steering cable and hovercraft and uh, We were about halfway done and here comes a boat up the river um it was the mouth of the mouth was still had a few little bit of water in it. and then here comes a uh, three park service employees and uh, uh, walked up to us and they chatted with us for about maybe 15 20 minutes and asked some what I thought were some pretty you know uh, interesting questions like you know how long have you had this hovercraft and boy how does it work and uh, you know how much can you pack and have you gotten moose with it before how,
0: how big is it, how many people can it can ride it's about
1: it? 10 foot long and it can barely take two people. It's not. It's a very small hovercraft, very small.
0: How, how far above, just curious, how far above a few inches or an inch? Well, it,
1: it, 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 it can go over an 8-inch obstacle. Wow. That, yeah, so you can go up, a rock is 8 inches, you can go over it. And and so it, uh, it it's pretty slick. It's got a lot of downsides, but the, the 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 big plus is that you can, you know, pretty much any place. There's the, the river, you can go across the gravel bars, that kind of thing. Can
0: they go pretty fast?
1: Uh, about forty miles an hour.
0: Okay, so uh, so you're on the sandbar. You're changing the cable. The, are these guys like armed? Are they are they wearing uniforms? they, have, they or, got
1: they got flak vests on. They've got uh, pistols. They've got their badges and stuff. But the the point is, they were, they were you know very cordial. And then so uh, they, they weren't these
0: like jackbooted thug type people that are. No, you no, know, like, they what were are asking all kinds
1: of good questions and stuff. And I I genuinely thought they were really interested in <laughs> my hovercraft and what I was doing. I had no idea I was doing anything wrong. And uh, then all of a sudden, just like in the movies, uh, one of the guys uh, pulls out a a big, thick rule book and uh, says, well, it says right here in the regulations that uh, hovercrafts are not allowed in parks and preserves. Just that one single sentence in this big book. And uh, he told me I was in violation and the tone completely changed. And uh, he was gonna cite me, do all kinds of things. and, um, And he finally said, well, if you move this hovercraft, you start it up, you're getting a citation. I said, how am I supposed to get it out of here? And he says, well, that's your problem. And so uh, we eventually had to, uh, we got the boat up next to it in a riverboat, and I've never had this hovercraft in the, my riverboat. We, there was three of us, and we got it in there. And then uh, we How'd got it. How would you get it? You like, pick, pick, pick yeah, it picked it up? Yeah, picked it at the front, and then we lifted and pushed it in. It weighs about 500 pounds. Wow. And then we got it in my riverboat and uh, went down the main Yukon, and we had to go f- about 50 miles to to the city of Eagle and we had to, I think we burned like 60 gallons of gas because we had to plow the whole way because it couldn't get on step and we finally got it back to the trailer and that's how it all started.
0: Okay, so they gave you a citation?
1: They did not. I never got a citation.
0: Okay, so what was the next step of like, Go. I guess you, you said there's a rule about this? Because the issue was you you were using a navigable waterway um, well, but
1: I, I, the part I didn't didn't talk about yet is that I, um, I told him when he they told me I was in violation. I says, well, I don't think I am because I'm on state land. I know I am. Uh, this is a navigable river. It's, it's uh, I know from the uh, mean high water to mean high water and the submerged lands under the river and a column of water. There's no question that's owned by the state of Alaska. So I'm on state of Alaska land. I'm not not Park Service land. So the
0: issue is a fed the like federal overreach or a federal exactly. interference but in a the state. Federal,
1: the federal government, these two guys said that, well, they said that the, uh, um, the federal government, they agreed with that, uh, but they said the federal government had a, a level of authority over that. And it says, well, <laughs> I don't think so. There's no sense owning something if somebody else is going to manage it for you. This is
0: like an, an Anilca anil- 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 thing, right? It's an Anilca. There's okay. a,
1: well, it, it's just generally, but especially because it's Anilca, because when uh, they established all these parks and preserves under Anilca, they did it really differently. Uh, what they did was, they they used mountain tops, uh, mountain ridges, and rivers. They they did it by ecosystems, which is very unusual. It's kind of a thing at the time. But normally, if you look at someplace like Yosemite Park or uh, Glacier National Park or um, anything like that, uh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone, it's they're, they're square. They're 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 um, surveyed boundaries, whereas Alaska's parks and preserves and refuges were ecosystems, they'd include a whole drainage. And Don Young and Ted Stevens were concerned because there were a lot of inholdings, you know, private land, native land, um, uh, state land within these preserves. And so they added this section 103C into ANILCA. And if you read the congressional record where they're talking about this, it's really clear. The reason they put in it because they didn't want the federal government to try to manage these inholdings within their parks and preserves and refuges because it was a, uh, it was a, like an ecosystem approach, and they were they were actually within the park. They didn't exclude them because they weren't surveyed boundaries.
0: So, what was the next step from after the incident with the hovercraft and the and the park rangers? Uh, what was the next? Well, step? Well, the next the
1: next thing I did is I well, so maybe I'm wrong on this. So I said, I went to the state of Alaska and uh, I talked to them and said, no, no, you're right. The feds are overreach here, and that that's with their opinion. And I said, "Well, thank you." And so I confirmed that at least the state of Alaska thought I was right. And then I said, "Well, maybe I'll try to do something about this because it kind of made me upset that uh, they were, you know, federal overreach." And and so I uh, um, actually hired uh, three separate attorneys that specialized like in natural resource issues. And I I paid for them separately. And I asked them all the same question: Um, "Do I have a good case here? I don't want to, you know, get in a lawsuit that's a." You know, I'm going to get shot down. Like in, you know, the first day I'm in court.
0: But at that, at that point, I'm just wondering. You, you weren't actually cited, so what was the what was the what was the case?
1: Uh, I was principal, <laughs> just a principle that uh, the federal government was wrong. They were interpreting the law wrong. They but you, were,
0: but you weren't challenging a citation. You were just saying this incident occurred, and th- this is this is what they're saying, and they're and they're wrong.
1: What I was saying is that the the federal government was uh, uh, not following the law. Mm-hmm. That they were wrong, and that was the premise of my of my lawsuit. Okay, and so uh, then I had these three attorneys come back with opinions, and they all kind of said the same thing. Yeah, you got a good case here. The federal government, in our opinion, is wrong. And then my next step as I, uh, uh, being in business and being in the timber industry and you know being involved in a few legal actions, I know, it makes really it's really important you get the best attorney you can, and so I did a lot of shopping around. and End up with. Uh, two firms that I thought were really good, so we hired both of them. One was really good at procedural things, and the other one was good more in the substance issues. And uh, um, uh, they took the case on.
0: You're, you're missing one, that's that, and then the media. You, got, yeah. you gotta get the media, <laughs> yeah, well, that the, always helps too, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: well the media, they, they, they weren't really interested in the case at the very beginning, It just wasn't that big, one of many, many cases that uh, was filed in federal court. Um, I, think I don't think I guess it wasn't a newspaper, but it wasn't kind of real small little story. It wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but then the next thing you have to do is that before you can actually file a lawsuit, you have to exhaust your administrative appeal, and that's probably one of the most frustrating parts of it because you send a letter to the district ranger and they never answer you, and and then you have to wait like you know four or five months, uh-huh. a reasonable amount of time. Then you have to go to the state director, which never re- answered my my uh, my letter, and then after you have to wait another, you know, they four or five get,
0: months. They probably get so many of these, they just ignore them, and they they don't think anything's going to come of it.
1: Well, I, I don't know what the rationale is. I kind of think is that then they don't they don't have a position, and they uh, doing nothing uh, yeah, doesn't it, hurt them. If
0: you respond, you're kind of on the record. It, right. probably, it probably would have been actually better for you if they would have cited you, because then you could have challenged the the citation directly. Instead well, of...
1: yes and no. You still have to exhaust your administrative appeal.
0: Oh, same same yeah, thing. Okay,
1: same thing. And actually, it, I'm really really glad I didn't get a citation. Like I thank the Park Service right now for that, because it's made a big difference in fundraising. It was, you know, when you people are trying to help you with a lawsuit, and if you're if you get the impression that you got this ticket and you're trying to get out of it, it kind of gives one impression. But if you are doing sure, it okay. based see. on principle, yeah. and this is something the federal government is doing wrong. It's an overreach. It's kind of a different tone to the to things. And so I think that it resonated a lot better with people that this was a lawsuit based on principle, not some guy trying to get out of a citation.
0: Were, were these guys, um, do you think these brangers, do you think, do you know, were they acting at the direction of their superiors or oh, yeah. were they just kind of a little bit rogue and, hey, we're, we're kind of calling the shots Well here?
1: The, the guys that were up to that year were pretty rogue. They did some other things that were pretty, uh, pretty terrible. But uh, for me, uh, you know, they were doing what their uh, bosses told them they should do. That they had authority over the rivers; and they could, you know, inspect boats. They could do whatever they wanted because they were the they were the federal government. Okay. So then I had to send a um, uh, and a letter to the uh, Secretary of the Interior, and we had to wait like six or seven months for that one.
0: So this and whole this whole process is year. It sounds like years over a year. Years. It's been twelve years. But but the initial the state director and the, or the park director, the state director, the interior secretary. I mean, this is all four or five months each.
1: It was longer than that because I was, the incident was in 2007 and I filed my lawsuit in 2011. So, uh, four years. Yeah. So not all that was waiting. A lot of it was, you know, you preparing for the lawsuit and doing your homework and stuff, but it was probably a good year and a half, you know, exhausting my administrative appeals to make sure that we were are, th- are those
0: original three? Are they still around? Are they still in Alaska? They, they, they-, they were
1: uh, th- this particular case. There were some uh, park rangers that were from uh, the east coast. They were just up there to uh, "quote unquote" harass hunters during hunting season, and so they they did their bit and they left.
0: Wow! So yeah. they, aren't even, they aren't even. That's funny. So I'm sure they
1: they maybe have no idea. I'm, I'm sure
0: they. I'm sure they've heard about you now, though. Sure. I'm sure. Maybe they have. Maybe they have. Are, are there names in the lawsuit? Or? No.
1: No. Because the one thing that was really good is you have to, uh, when you file a lawsuit, you file kind of a, uh, a list of facts, what everybody agrees on. And the Park Service and us agreed on the facts, you know, very quickly. There was no, in fact, they didn't dispute one thing we said on the factual side of things, and that they, they thought, we like for example, we thought that uh, it was a Nabucco River, we thought that the state of Alaska owned it, uh, we thought that, uh, um, the federal government said that uh, we couldn't have a hovercraft on that river uh, and things like that. And, and the, the federal government agreed to all our, they stipulated to all our kind of foundation, okay. what we call facts. And uh, so we filed a lawsuit in 2011. And uh, by the time we hear, it's going to be well, probably February or March of this year. So it'll be, you know, 12 years total since we started, uh, since I, I was stopped so, on the river.
0: So it went... And that's probably when I first started hearing about you it was around 2011, because I was I've always been involved with the Resource Development Council and the the Alliance, right. and it's like every group you go to, you've, you've spoken to them before, but you're kind of like they always bring you up as you know the the guy pushing back against the feds. <laughs> so it's it's become this kind of everybody who's in this yeah. industry hears about you in, in the, the lawsuit. The,
1: the guy with the low IQ pushing against the feds. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know I don't <laughs> about that.
0: Uh, so. But it did go to the. So I went to the Ninth Ninth Circuit Court, and they up they upheld the.
1: Um. Well, you go to district court first. You uh, went to district court first. I lost. I went to the Ninth Circuit and lost, and then uh, uh, the next appeal from the Ninth Circuit was that it would go to uh, the, uh, the Supreme Court.
0: Were you? I bet you were able to raise some money after the Ninth Circuit thing because a lot of folks up here aren't big fans of the Ninth they Circuit. They aren't, so. they aren't.
1: But you gotta be fair too, and the odds of going to Supreme Court low. are, I mean, they're almost beyond low. Yeah, like very. in my case, I went to Supreme Court twice, and the chances of the Supreme Court, they only take a civil case um, uh, to Supreme Court a second time once every seven, uh, seven or eight years. And then like this time, there were 8,000 appeals to the Supreme Court for this term. that started in October. 8,000 and they took 41.
0: So, so the Ninth Circuit said no, and then you appealed to the Supreme Court and they, and they, they agreed to hear it.
1: They did, but that was a real long shot. I mean, that's, that was probably the toughest decision. In fact, I decided not to go. My attorney recommended against it because the odds were just so long. And our case was like a, a state-specific case which made it even a more of a long shot. Normally
0: it's the ones that have broad reaching, right? The whole, the whole country. National
1: implications, oh. right. And mine did not. It was just to do with one state. It had to do with Anilka. It was a pretty narrow uh, focused lawsuit. And so the chances were, were pretty low. But um,
0: At this point, where were you at with the cost?
1: You know, I don't really remember. We're in the,
0: uh, I imagine the hundreds of tens of thousands or uh, hundreds yeah, of
1: thousands. was it was something like that. But, uh, and you're paying uh, out of
0: pocket, and then you're also getting people well, to out. Well, that's the
1: other thing. The first day it was in the paper, I got a call from a, a fellow Rotarian uh, saying that uh, he read about my lawsuit in the uh, paper, and he wanted to help me. See, I told you, the media there. See? <laughs> yeah, the media <laughs> helps. So anyway, this guy said, I'd like to help you, and I'd like to help pay for it. And that guy was Ed Rasmussen. And so, right? You know,
0: I know you've ta- uh, you've talked about how he, I've heard he's been helping you out over to, the, the, to this day. He still helping me. He's, out he's and, a he's a good guy to have in your corner. He's got he's got a few he's got a few dollars.
1: He's a well. He's just a good guy. Period. I mean, he does a lot of things he never tells anybody about. And This wasn't from the Rasmussen Foundation. This was just from um, his own pocket because he believed in it. He's always mm-hmm. been a real believer in you know developing Alaska's resources and you know state sovereignty, and those kind of things. So he stuck with me from the very
0: very that, that, beginning. That so was that was a. That was a that was a good phone call it was
1: it was but uh, what happened is that uh, uh, I decided that I I was not going to uh, go forward and the uh, Alaska outdoor council had said that they would uh, donate thirty thousand dollars to my case if we went to the Supreme Court but it was closer to sixty five thousand dollars and uh, then uh, um, 65
0: of the cost or what they donated they
1: don't. That the cost to go to the Supreme Court is estimated about sixty-five thousand okay. dollars, and they were willing to pay about half. They were half of it, and then I said, "Well, still, I I, I can't afford that." And then the Native corporations came up with the other thirty thousand dollars, and so between the Alaska Outdoor Council and uh, a, a conglomerate of Native corporations, uh, mainly regional corporations and a lot of vill- several village corporations that were within you know you know parks, preserves, and refuges. Um, they kicked another thirty issues, okay, let's go for it
0: well that's I mean that makes sense that's important uh it's very important to them before your incident had that happened before were there other instances, and since then, has there been other instances similar to what you've ex- you experienced?
1: Well, there were some guys up the uh, another river off the Yukon that uh had a hovercraft that they were mining up there. And uh, they got a big citation for having a hovercraft on, on a, uh, within the Yukon Charlie. Um, they didn't fight it. They paid a fine, and they removed it, and they got their citation and stuff, and on their record forever, I guess. Um, and uh, There's other instances that are kind of smaller. When there was a photographer at Katmai that was on state tidelands.
0: I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah, I was
1: taking pictures, yeah. and they didn't have a, a federal uh, – on Park Service uh, a license to take pictures and they cited him. uh and that, that's affected by that my case will also affect that too.
0: Okay, so you get this money together, you say, okay, let's let's go for it, but you're still thinking maybe no way they're no way they're gonna take it.
1: No way. No way. And uh um the odds are about you know, half a percent that they're gonna take your case. And you had that with being a, a state specific. You talk about being kind of a nilka specific, right? Yeah, very, and, very, yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, lo and behold, they took the case. So, so was, when
0: you when you appeal to the Supreme Court, how long? What what's the process? How long of a wait is it to hear back?
1: Not that long, actually. The Supreme Court is really efficient. I mean, and, and very timely on things. Um, my attorney said we'd we'd have a. Uh, I think we put it in like in June. They said by like October or so or so. We'd have a uh, uh, a decision.
0: So much, much, much faster than the other. Oh yeah, previous. yeah they're really, they're really so quick. Tell me where? Do you remember? I'm sure you remember where you were when you somebody called your lawyer called you, or how did how, um, you, you find out?
1: Well, I, actually, I have a business with my son down in California, and I was there, and uh, one of my employees from the timber operation uh, uh, sent me a, uh, a news clip. Uh, saying that uh, the Supreme Court accepted my case. Oh, and so
0: you didn't even get you didn't even get like a heads up from the lawyers no, or no? Well, they didn't
1: know about it. Uh, this guy, I mean, what they usually announce it like at ten o'clock in the morning, in Washington D.C. time, which is like six or six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, right. It's four. So hours, yeah. it's a four hours difference, and so it was uh, pretty early in the morning. And the guy that works for me is up really early, and he was reading the news, and he saw this. That's your timber business, or
0: yeah, timber, yeah, timber. Were you, so were you, were you just in, like? Shock, or were you just yeah, this can't be this can't, be this can't be right? Or I just
1: said that this is it was kind of like surreal, like I'm going to go to Supreme Court. You well, know, what does that
0: feel like? I mean, you're just you're just an average moose hunter who was going out on the hovercraft, and you're an Al- Alaskan guy that well, and now you're going you f- to, now you're going to the freaking Supreme Court. I mean, that's pretty incredible.
1: It is, it makes you kind of actually pretty patriotic, you mean because you're thinking, gee, you know, one guy, you know, one little guy, a moose hunter from Alaska, can actually be heard by the U.S. Supreme Court. And that was just uh, like kind of blew me over, um, and uh, so we went to the Supreme Court. And
0: so you used the same lawyers you were you were using. Absolutely,
1: yeah. That's one thing that uh, I had the same lawyers from the very beginning to the very end. And the federalist government, I they just have a strange system. You got one lawyer for district court, one lawyer, different lawyer for the, the Ninth Circuit, different lawyer for um, the Supreme Court.
0: Sounds like a disadvantage because you're not... They do. You guys because, are following the whole thing. Yeah, my people. attorney's been
1: working on this for like you know like seven years.
0: So then at some point, this, the state of Alaska got on board as well, kind of, they joined, is it an amicus, or they joined your lawsuit, right? Well, the
1: first they joined the lawsuit. Uh, and then uh, the uh, Ninth Circuit said they didn't have standing because they uh, waited too long to say something. Uh, so they they were kicked out. But then they would file amicus. But... Because this is a state sovereignty case. Uh, when you go to Supreme Court, it's exactly an hour. Each side gets exactly half an hour. And so what uh, we had to do, uh, we we're glad to do it. The state of Alaska got 10 minutes of our 30 minutes of both times. And so the state of Alaska uh, actually uh, gave their 10-minute brief. We give our 20-minute brief. They give a 10-minute brief. And then the uh, opposition, the federal government, has another 30 minutes. And
0: you were, you were physically there for the because you're, yeah. you're you're the you're the I guess pl- plaintiff right so or no. yeah but
1: yeah on what you kind of know what never forget I get those that terms is, mixed
0: but. up. But, but you were you were allowed to be you were allowed to be there yeah just barely I That's mean incredible. Uh, you
1: don't uh, um
0: and there's no cameras allowed in the court right no so cameras just they, audio they do audio
1: yeah, all audio and then uh you've got to uh um but we only got six and I had my whole family there including my grandkids so we were still short so my grandson and my son and uh, son-in-law had to wait outside, and it was like oh, snowing in about ten degrees <laughs> the first time. But they did get in. Um, but that's that's the way it works. But uh, we got to watch the whole uh, the, proceedings, and it was kind of it was kind of actually pretty did, awe-inspiring.
0: Did the state do uh, help help? I believe help helped out or help helped you out financially? Uh, well, just being there arguing. Oh, and taking the Ten minutes.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we if we wouldn't had a state. Um, uh, supporting us because this is a state sovereignty case, if we didn't have the state supporting us, they didn't file an amicus that was pretty much the same as ours, we wouldn't have stood a chance. And so the state of Alaska, um, uh, you know the last two governors have supported it uh, and uh, so it was very important the state supported our case.
0: It's kind of funny the uh, I read an article there a few weeks back, the attorney that argued on behalf of the state, uh, Ruth Botstein, right? She, right. She, she, you said did a pretty good job?
1: Excellent job. She was a very good attorney. Uh, she argued both times. She argued in 2016. She argued in uh, uh, 2018. Uh, very articulate, well-prepared, and made some real powerful points. Um, kind of from the people of Alaska's point, like one of the things she said over and over again is that the rivers in Alaska are highways, and that's kind of a hard concept for you know a lot of people to accept when you especially, live in the East especially Coast. Especially in the East Coast, yeah, right. Yeah, but, but she made that, did very well on that, and a lot of other real good points on state sovereignty. So she did an excellent job. I was pretty surprised yeah, that was, she was let go.
0: It was, it was, yeah, kind of, I think it surprised a lot of people when the article came out where they didn't, you know, a lot of people got let go, and, and she wasn't really a policy person, but that she had fought for your case. And I think a lot of people kind of got, like, maybe people that, Republicans that said, wait a minute, wait, we, we, we like John Sturgeon, he's our guy. <laughs>
1: well, Ruth was our guy, too. She did, uh, quote, unquote, she did an excellent job and um, couldn't have done without her. So yeah, I think
0: very few, very, very, very few lawyers get to go to the Supreme Court, so she has it on the, on the resume now. For That's right,
1: and, and, and uh, it's uh, like the, the holy grail for attorneys to go to the Supreme Court, and you know, she's been twice, and uh, my attorney, uh, Matt, um, uh, uh, has been there twice. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'd say it's a it's kind so, of a once in a lifetime for those guys. So
0: the first time you went, was it? Was that when there was an eight-person court? No, that's because d- then get kicked back, and then you, it got kicked back, and then it had to go again, right? Yes.
1: What happened the first time, and this is kind of a uh, uh, kind of historical, is that uh, there was a nine-person court, and we went, and without a doubt, our greatest fan was uh, Justice Anthony Scalia. And as it turned out that my lawyer was the very last person that he heard sitting on the bench. Right, bets. yeah, you were the last case they heard. Right. He heard right before he passed away. And then two away. weeks later, he passed away, and then it was an uh, uh, eight-person eight court. And uh, you can only speculate what uh, happened in the Supreme Court because this stuff never leaks out, but the speculation for most everybody is that, that it might have been like a 4-4 split. And if you have a 4-4 split, a tie... Then your the the, the Ninth nice Circuit decision holds, and your case is done. You don't even, you can't appeal again. And so what? Oh my uh, gosh! We, yeah, I know. And so we think what Justice Roberts, who wrote the opinion, did, is he wrote kind of a very narrow decision, but very broad on Alaska. He he talked about um, uh, uh, the history of Alaska. He talked about the uh, uh, how we got Alaska from the Russians. And uh, he talked about the Statehood Act. He talked about Anilca. He talked about the Native Claims Act, and and he also linked all those together. And what the link was is that he said that Alaska was given land, um, and the Native corporations were given land, and uh, for economic development. And, and not just he said he called it the Grand Compromise when the Anilca came. Is that it was a common, it was a, a compromise of setting aside, you know, beautiful, pristine. Uh, unique lands in all the world, uh, but the compromise was that Alaska, Alaskans would also be able to maintain their lifestyle. They'd still be able to, to, to use snow machines and hunt and fish and uh, um, uh, use boats and that kind of thing. Uh, so that was a grand compromise. And he said that over and over again in his opinion, which was unanimous, by the way. And then he also said that, uh, and he probably said it about six, seven different times. Alaska's different by law. Alaska's different how we manage our our parks, preserves, and refuges. And it was meant to be that way. But Alaska is different by law, and it should be treated differently by law. And that was the theme they went with. Um, But uh, So he wrote an opinion that was unanimous. But then what they said is that the federal government, uh, during the process, they had raised other issues that weren't addressed. And so they said they were going to send three issues back to the Ninth Circuit uh, for them to uh, get an opinion on, and that they were going to give them guidance on on how to rule on those. Well, the Ninth Circuit ruled. um, They they didn't even mention the U.S. Supreme Court once in their decision. Not once. And they
0: ruled unfavorably for for you?
1: Very unfavorably. What they did was... uh, uh, the, the same three-judge panel, which is uh, m- pretty much on the liberals, in fact, very liberal on, on the liberal side. And then what they did was uh, uh, they denied my case uh, something called the Reserved Water Rights Law. And that's a law that the Congress passed uh, to the best example how what it was meant to do is that if there was a trout in Arizona that uh, uh, was endangered and it didn't have enough water to survive, the federal government could reserve water for that endangered species and uh in, Ala- in alaska all across the nation so it, but it was it, it was in arizona is where the, the law that the example they use bizarre but, but they use that for for the deny me my case and so they're about two-thirds through their opinion and then they say however using the reserved water rights law for the sturgeon case and for the katie john case is like putting in a uh, a round peg, we know is square. It's the wrong law to use, and the only reason we're using it right now is because a previous Ninth Circuit panel ruled that way, and we can't overrule them. This is where
0: the Katie John got brought into it, right? Yes. So I mean, it's a subsistence.
1: That's right. And so people kind of blame me for Katie John, but it was definitely, you know, the Ninth Circuit that threw Katie John under the bus. And then what the uh, the, the just the three justices from the Ninth Circuit did was they spent the rest of the um, Uh, argument explaining why it was a wrong law to use uh, and that they should use the Commerce
0: Clause. So they used the law and then said, explained why they shouldn't be using the law. Right. And then they went to the Commerce. They used the the Commerce Clause. How does the Commerce, what does the Commerce Clause have to do with it?
1: Well, I, I, I couldn't follow that. My attorney couldn't follow that very well either, but they said because of the Commerce Clause, uh, the federal government could do whatever they wanted, basically, oh, that's when nice. it comes to rivers and, and, and land and great. stuff. Great, <laughs> yeah, which was great. So, and then uh, what's even even more bizarre, which is very unusual, is that two to three judges wrote like an amendment to their opinion, and doubled down on why the Commerce Clause was the right law to use. And I'm sure what they were thinking that would happen is that that uh, because we lost, we would do something, would file on uh, uh, bloc, and that's a legal term, means that we would appeal our d- decision to the entire Ninth Circuit. And uh, we met with my attorney, and we kind of looked looked over the Ninth Circuit and the reputation, and we said, you know, that's going to be a waste of time. And they're kind of setting us up anyway. Uh, and so we skipped the Ninth Circuit, which is very unusual. We did not appeal the decision. We went directly to the U.S. Supreme Court.
0: So you're going, you're going back to the court?
1: Going back to the U.S. Supreme Court. We skipped appealing the entire Ninth circuit which is in most 99% of the time people do.
0: And so there's no there's no requirement to do to No, go to the there's court. not.
1: In fact, we hadn't do a lot of homework to see if there was a requirement because people people always appeal to you know, the entire court. And we said no, we're not going to do that. And we went we and we appealed directly to the US Supreme Court and like I said earlier, they were it turned out for the what they call a 2018 term, which starts in October 1st of 2018, and goes, you know, to the that's the that's the, the term for the year. Um, there were 8,000 appeals, and by the way, the average appeal costs about 65 to 70 thousand dollars. So,
0: is this kind of going back to the first one? Do, do they do they have to take it, or because they already heard it, they kind of oh have to no.
1: Um, just the opposite. I mean, the chances of them taking it a second time are even more, you know, uh, even higher odds than taking it the first time, because uh, to take, uh, you know, mentioned earlier that to take a a civil case, uh, mm-hmm. the yeah. Supreme Court they only take one every seven or eight years to take a case a second time. So
0: they accept? Did they accept? They accepted it again, right?
1: They did. Eight thousand appeals. They took forty-one cases. We were one of the forty-one. So now, and, one,
0: one, now, have you have? Have you guys, it's been argued yet? It's yes, we have. We
1: argued, we argued uh, uh, on November 5th of last year. Uh, and uh, we think we did pretty good from what the, you know, the questions they asked. Uh, they had a lot of, you know, ones, I have several favorites that I really like they asked. And one of my most favorite ones is that, um, I think with Justice Gorsuch was asking, what's wrong with a hovercraft, asking a federal attorney. And a federal attorney, you know, basically said that they're noisy and unsightly. And then uh, John Roberts kind of stopped in the mid-sentence, and said, "Well, you know, uh, that um, uh, they may be uh, unsightly to you, but if you're in Alaska and you're going from point A to point B, they're actually pretty beautiful." And uh, people in the audience all wow. laughed, and they don't laugh in the Supreme Court. Uh, yeah,
0: no, I'd say unsightly when you're unless you're st- stuck in the middle of the, you know you're stuck somewhere and you need a ride. Yeah, if you're trying so to, you're, you're, uh, you're going to be welcoming it.
1: But you know, not, not only it was kind of a it was funny, but also it was also very significant because. What it did, it, it it meant that Justice Roberts really didn't recognize that that the rivers in Alaska are our highways. And we were at the Ninth Circuit. One of the judges, the, the state attorney, uh, uh, Ruth Botstein, uh, was trying to explain that the rivers are our highways. And one of the judges stopped her in mid-sentence and said, you know, you're not fooling me. I know you guys, you, you're up there in Alaska, that these villagers can— and they're going to go to their fish camps or whatever else, go moose hunting. They can take a plane from, you know, point to point, and they can bring all their stuff back in a plane. You don't need to use the rivers.
0: It just, I think on that level, the Ninth Circuit and then the Supreme Court, I mean, it just demonstrates almost the, um, i not sure if contempt or ignorance of these people who never come here, don't li- have no clue how we live.
1: Exactly, and I think that uh, by, by Justice Roberts asking that question, he really did understand that, showed he understood that these rivers are our highways. And they're really, really important to Alaskans. I mean, snow machines in the wintertime, dog sleds in the wintertime, uh-huh. rivers and uh, 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 river boats in the uh, summertime. They are our their highways.
0: So, so when do you expect? I guess by the summertime they have to they have to rule on this, right?
1: Actually, they uh, uh, we were I think like the 18th case of the year that started October um, October 1st, and they've issued nine rulings already. So halfway. So there's just a there's about nine or so in front of us, um, and they took of course the the recess during the holidays, and so we think that sometime in February this month, uh, at the very latest March, that they're going to come up with a ruling. If
0: you if you win and it's favorable, what kind of party are you planning on throwing? Well.
1: <laughs> I guess I'll cross that bridge. I just want to win first, but because you don't know if you're going to win, it's a Supreme Court is going into a big black box. You know, it's, you're not you're not sure what's going to come if out you, of it.
0: If you win and there's the party, uh, I will definitely. <laughs> if I'm invited, I will definitely show up. Absolutely, absolutely. I, well, I, I can bring all the, the equipment. We can do a little okay. podcast from the party.
1: In fact, the folks in Fairbanks are one of my biggest uh, supporters. They've been planning a uh, gravel bar party on on the Chena River uh, for the last. Uh, you know, uh, I think probably six, seven years. Wow,
0: that could be that could be legendary. Right, that could the, be almost like you know. Have you seen the famous picture of the of the bonfire on the Park Strip?
1: Yeah, With yeah. Sta- the statehoods <laughs> the,
0: when they passed statehood, they had this huge friggin' bonfire. Yep. I mean, yep. I've seen a picture of it. It's incredible. It was yeah. like furniture and I don't know, just people crazy and yeah. it was like you know legendary party. So maybe we can have something similar for you. Well, I
1: hopefully we can. It'll be well worth uh, celebrating. So now we just wait. And uh, we're hoping uh, we've had, uh, had a meeting on, on uh, Wednesday with Governor Dunleavy, and uh, we kind of briefed him on the case. And, you know, the case has uh, it could be very narrow again or it could include lots of different things because we had to uh, defend against the Commerce Clause. We had to re- defend against Reserved Water Rights Law. We had to defend against uh, the Organic Act. We had to defend against uh, um, uh, uh, lots of different uh, laws because the federal government kept on saying Chevron deference. Uh, a lot of different things because they said they could do this, you know, they could have control because of all these different reasons. So we had to take them all on. So the federal government, I mean, the Supreme Court might just take on all those issues. So they may just take on section 103C, -hmm. we don't know.
0: Well, it'll be, I'll be be watching for it. I think a lot of people are gonna be watching for it. So we'll make sure to, um, everybody's gonna report on it when it gets gets made, so. Well, last time Um, I found
1: out that, when I actually found out that I won, um, I was in six o'clock in the morning uh, maybe 605, something like that, and I get a call from uh, Washington, D.C., and it's a reporter that works for the Anchorage Daily News, asking me what I thought of the opinion. <laughs> I says, what opinion?
0: I just woke up. I, and you
1: just woke me up. And he says, oh, you didn't know you won? <laughs> I says...
0: You keep getting these weird calls at six <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> you should, You should, for this one, maybe try to have a... A different system, you know. Yeah, I know. I, 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 of course, you,
1: I had no idea when it was going to come out. I had no idea that it would. I just had no idea, and so I wasn't even expecting it. Yeah, that,
0: that, that court kind of—they maintain a pretty tight. Ship they do. The you drum don't drum have no
1: idea what's going on. The Ninth Circuit is a little bit different. We knew it was going to come out a week week before. We didn't know what the decision was going to be. We mm-hmm. kind of knew what it was because of the Ninth Circuit. But Supreme Court—it's like a big black box, and it pops out one day, and you get the opinion. So. We hope for the best. Uh, we did the best we could. We uh, got the best legal defense we can for Alaska. This is a definitely a case for the people of Alaska. You, you
0: even had a bill a year or two ago, and the, it didn't go through. But the legislature—I think it was George Rauscher, did not they try to appropriate a bunch of money for your case? They did, half they a million did. bucks or something.
1: Um, we're we're pretty uh, we're, we're pretty good shape right now. We're uh, the law, lawsuit came out. They've one point two million dollars. And uh, we're at about 1.1. 1. 1. I owe just a little over a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm pretty confident if I win. That we'll have one more fundraiser. In fact, I, the governor uh, uh, talked to me on Wednesday and said he we have a fundraiser. He wants to be there. He's got you know, to he, use his name. He's
0: got a brother too. He could probably maybe yeah. Ask maybe him. so, I don't know. <laughs> he, he, he could help out. He probably, so, so with your high profile now, everybody kind of know. Have, have you ever thought about you know candidates start running for office for anything, or are you?
1: Uh well, I've been asked that many, many times. I mean, and you, a I, lot of
0: people know you. You'd probably be able to raise the money. That's a big part of running for office. Yeah, I
1: guess. But I'm I uh, I I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I I'm uh, I'm a lot of boards and commissions and stuff. I just got appointed to the uh, mental health trust board. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So and that. that's that's going to take up a lot of time. I'm on the Alaska Outdoor Council board, Wild and Sheep Foundation board. Last outdoor council board. And, uh,
0: See, look, they, you got a perfect resume to run for office. Yeah, I know, if you ever want to run, you give me you give me a call. I'm your I'm, okay. your, I'm your campaign manager. Okay, all right, I'm your, all I'm your, right. I'm your guy. All right.
1: I think I'm going to instead of uh, be taking a public office, I think I'm going to go do a little more fishing, a little more hunting. If that's what I'm probably. going to Well, gonna especially do. if you
0: prevail here, you can take the hovercraft out. And, that's you know, true. Why? Well, I'm, I'm I'm I, I don't
1: want to jinx myself, but I pulled the hovercraft into the. I hadn't used it for about six seven years, and I pulled it into my garage and. Uh, my poor truck's been sitting outside but i've been rebuilding it from the bottom up put a new engine in it
0: and maybe, well, maybe the next one we can do we could do a podcast from the hovercraft i'd love I'd, you I'd go, to do that Go out and, there with you and and we can uh, really talk about
1: i would love to take you on a ride and if you're worried about you know hovercraft in the, in the past my survival rate for passengers is almost 72 percent I'm, I'm, I'm not worried I'm, i okay. tr- i trust okay. you okay so I, I fly
0: small you know i fly gliders and small planes so okay i, can, I think <laughs> I, can I can do glider. the hovercraft well i want to thank you so much mr thank surgeon you. this has been a fascinating discussion and wish you all the best. I know a lot of people are pulling for you, and I thank guess we're going to hear here in the next few months. So Thank you for
1: uh, asking me a lot of questions. Let me talk today. No, I appreciate
0: all you ahead. taking the time. It's, I know you're busy, and uh, we'll be watching out for that decision. And uh, thanks, folks, thanks for listening. We'll be coming to you again from uh, Landmine Radio. If you have any ideas for podcasts or want to do a podcast, let me know, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you folks next time. Thanks again, Mr. Sturgeon. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Landmine